0: Hello and welcome to Sunday Funday with Marcella Alonzo. Today I have Sergio Chacon.
1: Yeah. Welcome,
0: welcome. So nice to meet you. I yeah. saw you probably about maybe it was a year and a half ago at a Comedy Cellar. It was one of Cypress shows. I remember.
1: Yes, yeah, Cypress sounds. For yeah. well, Marcella, thanks for having me. Um, I'm happy to be here. Sergio and Visalanci comb. My <laughs> teeth getting straighter. Oh, you my got the that... beard getting grayer. My <laughs> feet are gonna be better because I got a bunion uh surgery. December twenty second. I haven't been more excited about anything else in my entire life. Yo,
0: you got a bunion for I got
1: two bunions. Late uh late early two thousand. I used to wear lots of heels. So Heels. <laughs> 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 Early two thousand, I was a different person. Oh no, I don't know why I got bunions, but I got bunions. My feet are wide. I got platypus feet.
0: <laughs> I got flat feet. <laughs> yeah, so I've got the same. I got the same issue. I don't get bunions that bad because I take pretty good care of my feet. So tell me, um, I don't know like too much about the beginning of your career. When did you start comedy?
1: I started comedy a long time ago. uh when I still had hair. So and <laughs> and it was uh like it felt like suede too. I had, I had good hair. But uh the stress of comedy has compromised that. But it's been years. And um as of recent, it's been a lot, it's been very good to me. You know when comedy started being good to me? When I stopped giving a fuck. I could curse on here, right?
0: Yes, yes, yes. Right? Go right ahead.
1: When I stopped caring. When you start <laughs> Yeah, when I just felt like, you know what? This is supposed to be fun. Mm-hmm. Let this be fun. Don't take it too seriously. Be light and playful. That's when a lot of interesting things started coming my way, as in life. Wow. So what year did you start? I would say uh, somewhere like uh, 2005, seven. Oh, so 2005, you've 2005, been- 6, 7, around there. I think it was 2006, actually.
0: Oh, So 17 okay. years. Because I pulled a, a clip and it was like nine years ago and you didn't even, it didn't seem like you aged.
1: Oh, I appreciate that. No, I thought we start, are. Yeah, we, I, we do. Don't age too. Well. We <laughs> well. You, when you yeah. say we, yeah, Latinos. I mean, we do pretty well. You know. Yeah. It's the, it's the black in us. Yeah. You know. Um. Yeah. Two thousand six. I think I started. Yeah.
0: Uh-huh. So it's been a while. Wow. Yeah. It's been a while. So where did you first begin? You began, of course, here. Cause you're yeah.
1: New. York. York. I'm. I'm in Lower East Side. Uh. Native New Yorker, what people call a, a New Yorican. I'm a Puerto Rican from the Lower East Side. <laughs> I know very little Spanish. When I go to Puerto Rico, I always env- embarrass myself. I'm like "Hola, hola, abuela. You know, so I'm one of those Puerto Ricans that doesn't speak very good Spanish. But um, yeah, native New Yorker, and uh, as you can see, I'm very New York. As you can hear.
0: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, I could. T- no, my mother's mm-hmm. side is well. It's interesting. My mother's side is uh, New York Rican, but my grandmother is like a... Because I got a lot of indigenous Taino from uh, Puerto Rico. But my grandfather was born in Spain, and then my father is... That side's Cuban.
1: Okay. So I was... You got a lot of Latino on you. I got a lot of
0: Portuguese. In no, no, no. When they, I did the Ancestry, it, I had a lot of, like, was it Portuguese, Spain, and Basque. Did you have that? It was like... Some Not
1: lot. a lot of Portuguese. I was annoyed by that. I was like, that's not interesting to me. I want a Russian, African. I want oh, yeah, a... yeah. My I
0: was kind of bored because everybody, it's like they all came from the same. Yeah, it was yeah. a little boring.
1: It was very anticlimactic. I was expecting to have like, I wanted something like out of this world. And everything was like Portuguese.
0: Port, uh, Yeah, it was Portuguese, Spain. It put Portuguese. me to sleep. Yeah. No, like when research in mind, the same thing too. It was the only thing that was interesting is I had the indigenous. In me, from Puerto Rico. So basically, like, uh, I was colonized. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying?
1: We are a product of that. Yeah. 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 And, um, yeah, and we're still experiencing, uh, you know, the, the colonial world, but every now it's in the modern world. And what I mean by that is uh, the white people have taken over yoga. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, you know white people have taken over yoga? When you go to a yoga class, and are like, okay, we're going to do something fun and different. We're going to have a 50-cent theme. Oh, God. Yeah. Annoying. I'm like, totally. I don't want yoga mixed with my gangster rap. <laughs> I need it separate. I'm trying to reach a zen. I'm not trying to have music to do drive-by shootings to. <laughs> so, yeah, it's enough of... So, th-
0: I want to get to, your big animal lover. Big I'm a animal big animal lover. lover. Now, let's see who has had... How many current? Animals? You
1: look like the type of person who who owns illegal animals, though. <laughs> like you look like you had like a pet jackal. A
0: pet? J- what's a jackal?
1: <laughs> a jackal's like a uh, like a coyote.
0: Oh no, not <laughs> close to it though.
1: You had a bobcat. I got a
0: German shepherd.
1: Okay, Those look at great. one
0: time I had three chihuahuas. Mm. One passed away though, so now I got chihuahuas
1: are great dogs. A little loud. Yeah. With the eight ball oh, size heads.
0: Yeah, no, my one Chihuahua was more dangerous than the German Shepherd. He yeah, Chihuahuas anybody. don't fuck around. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I have two cats. So what? What? I want to hear all your animals.
1: Yeah, I mean, throughout my lifetime, I've had a lot of animals, but I'll spare <laughs> you those details. As of now, I have two Persian cats. Uh-huh. If you're not familiar with those, they have the smash face. Yeah, yeah, those and, are cute. Yeah, and they're like, <clears> they <throat> sound like they have a Coke problem, right? <laughs> so I got two Persian cats, Rosie and Cosmo. And then I have a cane corso. That's my uh, my girl Coda. She's in a, that's in a, also known as an Italian mastiff. And then this is where it gets a little freaky. I have eight <gasps> snakes.
0: Damn, you did ha- so now with the snakes. How much all that stuff it costs? Because I did all the cages and all that other. It,
1: stuff. it gets expensive, you know. But you know, you gotta understand, reptiles don't eat a lot. They have a very slow digestive system, so you'll feed them. Every week, every couple of weeks. So once you get it started,
0: every couple of weeks.
1: Yeah. Some said they don't eat for months. They go up. What? How do you? So how do you keep track?
0: How do you keep track of your? In the head. I mean, I know. In your head. Yeah, yeah.
1: And you know, you can miss a week. You can miss a couple of weeks. Snakes are very interesting animals. They've been with us for a long. They've been on this earth way before us, Mm -hmm. and they um they're prehistoric creatures. So they have the ability to survive. Now, they have very slow digestive system. They're cold-blooded animals, so it takes a lot of their energy to break down this food. So you won't feed them like you'll feed a mammal like every day. It'd be every week. Uh, the bigger the snake, the more sparsely you, f- you feed them. You can have a—I have an 8-foot python. I feed once—you know, every two and a half, three weeks, a rabbit. A rabbit? Yeah. A frozen-thawed rabbit. I don't and feed And then your, your
0: family, what well, they they—
1: Oh, my family's cool with it. They're very accepting. They're, they're okay <laughs> if there's a frozen rabbit and frozen rats next to, next to the pasteles and popsicles.
0: I am not next to the pasteles. Oh, my God. Oh.
1: No, actually, now I have a separate freezer okay. for my, my snake pool. Yeah,
0: no, no, no. Because I, I watched when I was researching you. Because I was like, let me find something good. Because mm-hmm. sometimes I got to find. And I was like, damn, you got a lot of shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, at one time, we're in a one-bedroom. And had the cages and had the food right by. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 Yes. So I, uh, I've always been a big animal lover. So imagine if, if that's a, if that's a little bit, uh, uh, unrelatable to certain people. Think of it like this: as someone tends to their garden and they see the, their fruits and mm-hmm. vegetables grow, that's the way I like to nourish my animals. I like they they bring me peace when I handle them. Uh, Creating naturalistic uh, habitats for them in their enclosures, so it's very peaceful to me. I've always enjoyed caring for them. Yeah, I same just, thing with my dog. I like to take him. Excuse oh, me, yeah, take yeah. her on hikes and stuff.
0: Yeah. Oh, so you move now? Now you're what in Jersey or somewhere? No, I
1: t- have a place in the city, uh-huh. and, and I, I just bought a house in Westchester County. Oh, okay. So cool. when I'm up there, I love taking advantage of the wildlife up there.
0: Oh, yeah, nice. You know, the hike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know. No, when I lived in, I didn't know there was hiking over there, up there. When I lived in L.A. for 10 years, that's what I missed the most, because you could go, when I was in Los Angeles, you could hike. Did you
1: everywhere. ever see a mountain lion? They're frequent y- up there.
0: You know what? I saw, like, a a snake one time. I don't know what type of snake. I was scared, but I had to hold my chihuahua. This was my, my mean chihuahua that would kill. I had to hold this little muzzle like this. And I was up on top of Runyon Canyon, and I was mm. so scared. And I waited. That could have been a
1: venomous snake. It could have been a rattlesnake. It,
0: it, I, yes, I saw something. I, I said, yeah. I don't know what this is. Was holding the dog. It was <laughs> holding his muzzle have, like yeah, that. Yeah, they have all
1: sorts of stuff in uh, in, in those mountains.
0: Yeah. yeah. That's really cool. And then there's bear. It was it was nice though. It was nice. I I'm, that's the part I miss about LA versus New York. Like you could go hike. There was all these different places. I mean, you could
1: go, but it's gonna take an hour. Out your way, yeah, if and I, I don't city. have,
0: and I don't have. I just do public transportation. Yeah, you
1: can't take an Uber. Sort of. No, <laughs> no. I take
0: can. me to a ranch, and then I would be scared out here, because of a uh, Lyme or whatever it was. Oh,
1: Lyme disease.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Because of the, the stuff.
1: Yeah, you got. Yeah, you got to be careful with those ticks.
0: Yeah, but I no. You know what? I did see. What did I see one time? No, the one times it was. Uh, what do you? Uh, the wolves. What, what, coyote or wolf? Coyote. I saw a couple of them out came one time when I was on LA. That was scary.
1: It could have been wolves too. Yeah. yeah. They say that coyotes are all over New York City. That's the most interesting news I've heard as of recent. What? They said they're in the they're in the four boroughs. Not what? five boroughs, yeah. What for four boroughs? They're in uh, Manhattan and Central Park Coyotes. They they and they're like uh they come from the Bronx. Like that uh, it's all connected. <laughs>
0: coming from the Bronx, the coyotes. <laughs>
1: yeah, um, and Queens and, and certain parts of Bronx. I don't know if they're in Queens, though.
0: Mm-hmm. Interesting. I think that's cool. I didn't know that. you think they would go all the, the homeless people that sleep everywhere. They would get, like, attacked or something. I
1: don't know. I think they're, they're relatively shy. They're scavengers, I believe, so, you know, if there's garbage, they're going to be around.
0: And the rats are going to get taken. You know,
1: listen, man, you know, there's more wildlife than you think. I, I was in a Park, and in the middle of the day, I saw like a 45-pound raccoon. And raccoons are interesting. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. i seen a raccoon one time. I have a picture one time in the middle of the day. It came out after the pandemic. It was around during the time of the pandemic because that's when all the animals were coming. Yeah, used. they were like, where the fuck is the food? Yeah, they were starving during yeah. that time. So this is not
1: during the pandemic, maybe a little just after. And I was having a picnic with my daughter. There was a lot of people on there, fucking raccoon on a tree. And no one like... Budged. I was like, "You guys are used to this. I've never seen a raccoon in the city." And they have weird hands. They have hands like
0: oh, oh yeah, yeah. They do. They have little like they can I, play like video games. I, you know what? My algorithm has all these, and I'm always tagging different friends. And they have like they they can like grab. stuff. Yeah,
1: they can right put up right. their middle finger if they want. <laughs> They're cool. <laughs> like we don't we don't enjoy what we have available the raccoons are fucking cool man they can play video games they, 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 yeah, if they <laughs> wanted to they have a mask yeah and they'll fuck up a dog don't get it twisted they, they'll, they'll fuck up a dog they fuck up a dog yeah like if, not my German shepherd though no I think a dog around their side they're like very, a chihuahua they're, they're very yeah they're very they're, they're, they're very uh, they're, they're very diligent animal they're smart yeah I don't think they will attack unless they're rabbit but they you know, you know I've seen another one in Boston he was staring at me pretty hard I was like oh <laughs> I'm, I'm just here alone. for a wedding. Leave me alone.
0: <laughs> Leave me alone. Uh huh. Yeah. So also, I wanted to talk about you're also in recovery. How did you? When did this happen? And uh, so I share with since, me. The, since since a very early age, I was
1: exposed to alcohol and drugs, mm-hmm. and it didn't take to maybe the last ten years to realize. Damn, I was really young when I was exposed to this stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's like part of the recovery is like, oh shit, why did I want to do these drugs? It's because I was just exposed to him at a very early age in the street, some of it at at um at home mm-hmm. when I visit my father in Florida.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, uh, you yeah, like when I was five years old, I saw my father dealing cocaine. And that's when I would just visit him. Oh,
0: me too. That's wild. That's uh, a wild yeah. thing no, to see. No, I remember when I was a kid, they would pass a tray out. And then my, because my dad was a drug dealer. Yeah. And then I saw all this white stuff and he had a little, like, that pin with the little scooper or whatever. This is yeah, young childhood memory. Yeah.
1: So I. That's wild to me. Because, you you know, you retain that information. Mm-hmm. So I remember him giving, I walked into the kitchen and I'll never forget. I was in the living room watching the movie Howard the Duck. Terrible film. But it was like that theme song, Howard the Duck. And I ran into the kitchen, Mm -hmm. and I see him serving someone, like putting a key by their nose. He says, go, go, go. And I, like, just remember that. Later that night, later that night, I ran my middle finger across the counter and I rubbed it on my <gasps> teeth. I was six years old. Oh. So where did I learn that? i seen it before. right? So like I remember doing that. Yeah. So that's a weird thing to do. So th- those are early... Uh, like I was a, a witness early on. And by, by curiosity, just got the best of me. Started drinking at an early age. And when I drank, I do remember feeling like, oh man... I'm everything I wanna be, but mm-hmm. on steroids. I'm funnier, I'm more confident, mm-hmm. you know.
0: Cause you have that adrenaline.
1: Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, you mix in later on with a little bit of smoking weed. And, you know, it was on and off, to you know, in junior high school. But my late teens, early 20s, it became more frequent. And then um, it was always in moderation. And then once I started comedy, I think the pressures of comedy, Years of using sporadically, all kind of caught up, and by the time I knew it,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I was a dude in his late twenties, early thirties, and I was uh, and I was addicted. I was uh, you know, became part of my life, and I was losing people. Uh, I was mm-hmm. my network of people were involved in that sort of shit, and um, every time I told myself I wanted to stop, I would say, "Oh, I'll stop next week. I'll stop," and then like a a year or two would go by. You know, so it was like, yeah. So I had a countless benchmarks. So we're like, what the fuck? Why can't I figure this out? And um, I and pressure
0: out. from being in the entertainment business is hard. Like, yeah,
1: and it was socially accepted. Yeah. You know, and it didn't make anything better. Like, right. there might be a time or two where I drank and I had the, the perfect concoction right. of drinking and drugs that were like, oh, f- head to mouth. The set was good. But most of the time, it was like, you either got lockjaw or you're slurring your words. Like, it's not a good thing. It's right, the, the, right. That recipe doesn't work. Yeah. And if you look at any good comic working today, none of them are involved in that shit.
0: Yeah, that's what I've noticed. There's a lot of None of them are
1: involved. Mm-hmm. In that. The good ones. And if you got one who's good, but you're like, why hasn't he popped? If you probably do a little more research, he probably has some sort of hang up. Like, mm. similar to that. You know, holding them back.
0: When I lived in L.A., I felt like there was something about the uh, the community. I'm like, is it like some sort of secret? Because all these people are going to uh, their programs, right? I'll say programs. And I noticed the certain ones were successful, were other people. But I think it's also like the discipline. And when you finally realize, hey, I got to quit this shit. Yeah. Then you really become disciplined and you focus on the right. Right. And that, that's the thing, man. I was
1: always very disciplined. So I was, I guess, it's a weird thing to call like a functioning addict. But I was always, um, I always maintained a job. I always, you know, worked. But I was half-assing. In mm-hmm. retrospect, I was kind of half-assing everything. I wasn't reaching my full potential. So once my daughter was born, I remember this one time, she was like four or five months. I was hung, I was grossly hungover, living in the studio apartment with my wife now. She was my girlfriend at the time, mm-hmm. and um, the sun was piercing through the uh, the curtains, and I was like, yeah, "I don't want to deal with this crying baby." That's what I was thinking of. But there was such mm-hmm. a disconnect, and my wife was was so disgusted, with me. she said, "You take care of that. You you deal with that." And I had to deal with it. And I remember being hungover, and I didn't want I didn't want to deal with it. nothing about me mentally or physically wanted to deal with the task at hand or the welfare of my child. And I was like, I got to stop this. Like, that was a real mm. – yeah. It was, I really woke up right there and there. Granted, I wanted to do it, but that was like a symbol. Like, you do it now or this is what it's going to be. Uh, you're right. not going to be involved. So I checked myself into a program, and I failed like twice. It wasn't like I did it like I did it once, I did it twice, and then I got it together. Wow. Yeah, okay. and you know, but I wanted it, and I think the th- the thing about addiction is you gotta really want it. Yeah. Because it's so fucking hard. Like, you got it. like, it's got to be, like, something you really but want. But don't
0: you feel like, in a way, your child made you change? Cause oh, absolutely. It was yeah. Because yeah. when you, I had a kid at very young age, like most Latinas do, <laughs> but I had a daughter at 16. I didn't drink a drop of liquor until the day I turned 21. Wow. Which was crazy. And I was a stripper. And wow. I was sober. And I was on all that other stuff. But when I had her, my main thing was, and I had a hard time. That's why nobody was giving me a job. That's why I had to go dance, right? So um, I had to make a decision like, yo, this is what I'm doing because I got to pay bills. I had a kid at a young age. I don't want to be on welfare. And I chose well I watched so many people get fucked up and do drugs or whatever. I chose to be sober all that mm-hmm, time. Mm-hmm. But it was because of my daughter.
1: Yes. Yeah. It was for me, too. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't figure out to do it for myself. And the thing is, I was smart enough to know that I was better than that. But I could the the the, the poll was so strong that I don't know if I because you know the thing is with drinking and drugging like that it robs you of your self-esteem. Mm-hmm. People don't realize that, it like robs you of that. yeah, and it's ironic because it's the oxymoron right? You think, oh, I'm doing this because I feel more confident for a short span of time. But in retrospect, like, it robs you of your confidence. The next day, your nervous system is shot. You can't look people in the eye. You know, you feel shame. You feel guilty. You spend all this money. I'm you tired. Said something, you're tired, you know. One of my girlfriends used to say uh, the snowball effect, too. Yeah. Yeah. It's a real thing. And um, so once I stopped doing that, my confidence, like, came back because— I worked out at a different level. I started to be more articulate about how I felt. But what you have to realize, like, we're using for a reason. This doesn't Mm -hmm. happen. We're using because we're trying to cover something or there's some trauma. Whatever it may be, there's many different reasons. And you got to, like, address that. Mm -hmm. And then you got to pull those days back. And that's the hard thing about recovery is, like, you might hit that pink cloud and be like, I feel great. But then you might feel too good with, like, oh, I think I can still do it again. You got to understand why we did it to begin with, and once you start putting those layers back, you don't always feel as strong, or you feel vulnerable, or you feel like kind of naked, you know, like to right. sort of like the world. And you got to address that. And you know, you're not alone with that. Everyone goes through that. It's a certain, right. a certain area in their life. So,
0: but that's constant work too. Yeah. No, that's a, you do, that's. So, how many years now has you been? Well, I'll be honest with you. Uh-huh. So I, uh,
1: I would say 11 years, but I'm, I'm gonna be totally honest with you. In the span of 11 years, I have slip-ups, short ones, mm-hmm. like a day and then like two years will go by, but I've had slip-ups. So I don't mm-hmm. count days consecutively. Oh, but okay. My lifestyle has been maintained the way I conduct myself now for 11 years, but I had a uh, slip-up here, slip-up there, and the span of 11 years. But in 11 years, I haven't drug two days in a row or, like, gone out. I'll go for, like, five years. Good. Is
0: the pressure being sober and comedy hard for you, you say? No.
1: Or? It, you know, sometimes it's... You don't even know what it is. What, what I, when it, anytime I slipped up, I don't know if it was due to celebratory. I don't know if it's due to uh anxiety. That's the weird thing about it. That's how you got to mm-hmm. stay on top of it, you know? Okay. But none of, none of the times have been... Or bad downfall. I felt guilty and shamed or whatever, but there have been little slip-ups. But I can't remember the last time I, I did it, you know? Um, but that's the way I do it. My path hasn't been th- through a program or anything. It's been through self-discipline and keeping a good network of people. But I did do an outpatient program where that was a good foundation, yeah. you know? And that the people who I've met along the way coincide with a lifestyle I want. Even with stand-up comedy... I go on the road with certain people Mm -hmm. and they love the fact that they get to hang out with me because not only do I not drink or hang out Mm -hmm. or chase women, I, um... Make it a, a a point to like we're waking up early to work out. So if you're on the road with me, you're waking up about seven AM to work out. Oh, so yeah, you're because I'm a, a personal good. trainer. So oh,
0: and so then they get so everybody get, wants to take you. yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. So it's like I'm a I'm a positive influence. I'm not like right. a young combo that yo we drinking tonight looking for women. Like I, I've been doing it so long that mm-hmm. that's not no longer a penalty to me. And I and I think about how good I'm gonna feel the following day if I lay down my daily rituals, which is. Stretching, working out, eating right—you know, all that shit.
0: Yeah. Oh, cause you're a bo- you do boxing. Yeah, too yeah. As I boxed well.
1: before, and I'm a boxing instructor. You're probably
0: like the probably the healthiest. I'm trying to think of all the comics I've interviewed. Real there's first. a few probably guys Probably the take healthiest good. comic
1: I know of. Yeah, I mean, a, I think the times have changed. Like, there's people who take good care of themselves. But you know, listen, I'm, I'm, you know, I step up every now and then. I'll buy a pack of cigarettes because mm-hmm. the, 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 uh the. uh I wouldn't say the anxiety of it, but just um, like if I'm hosting a show, mm-hmm. in between comics, I'll have a cigarette. You know, so it's not like I'm not just the
0: this super. You 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 being you're being real about it. You're not the super sober person. Once in a while, when you feel like it, yeah, you
1: know? no, but I don't. But I don't. I don't, I don't like there have been stuff. But I don't drink. You mm-hmm. know, and I don't smoke weed. But every now and then, I'll have a cigarette here, there. You mm. know, but I'm not like this ultra hyper like. Oh the, no, sweets, no cigarettes. You know, like it's not yeah, that. Yeah,
0: you're in a way you're like me, but my problem is now as I've gotten older, I can't fall asleep. That sucks. And I and it's because hard. I'm a constant thinker, so I do take like an edible before I go to bed. I take a half of an edible, and uh, how
1: many milligrams?
0: I don't really because I accidentally 15, and this is real, like fifteen
1: to twenty milligrams. I, I, th- th- I came across two Oreo cookies <laughs> that were, all, and it was 250 milligrams. Oh, that'll fuck you up. Yo, and I ate a whole one in the process of cleaning my apartment. And I called myself like, yo, I fucked up. I ate one of these fucking edibles. That I was laying about, you know. My wife had it there, and I was not scolding her. I was like, yo, we gotta be careful with our daughter, you know. Yeah. I said, our daughter always asks us for treats. Yeah. She's never gonna. I was like, you're right, and it does say edibles in the bottom, but it's in an Oreo cookies wrapper. <gasps> I ate that shit multitasking on the phone (laughs) vacuuming and I ate it and I was like oh shit I have to brace myself my dog at the time was four months old Uh and that shit started to kick in I said I walked her and I was like looking at her and I was like yo this dog is trying to dominate me
0: Oh, no, no, one time I, I take an edible bugging. at night, and I thought my cat was trying to dominate me. I thought, because this cat's starting to tell me what to do and where to go, because I have my black cat. He comes out. Now you got all superstitions. Yeah, superstitious. I did, I did. And I go, is this cat trying to tell me? I had that happen, That's too. That's
1: hilarious. Yeah, so I, I take a small
0: Before I go to bed, it's usually like, I want to say 15, 20. I don't know. I buy a pack. I take a half of a, I don't even know how many men. But I know if I cut this certain edible in half, it puts me right to sleep. But I do have... This moment where I'm kind of fucked up, but I enjoy it because I'm finally able to just focus yeah. and relax. And um, but I haven't. And somebody said, take CBT one night. And I took a regular CBT, you know, no THC in it. And that kept me up like this.
1: Oh, really? And
0: melatonin keeps me up like a crackhead, too. Like,
1: you know, some of that stuff is junk, too, because I've taken the melatonin uh-huh. from like Dwayne Reed or Riley, right And that's just junk. It like leaves you like if you don't get the, the eight hours sleep, or if you don't fall asleep immediately, it leaves you like hungover. It like
0: it's it, it, for me, it just doesn't work. It's, it doesn't it's work. Like, it's like, Mine I feel like I have, groggy. Oh, groggy,
1: like groggy the next day. I just oh, felt I like, wish. I can't even No, it, up it, like, it was awful. It was like, I s- finally fell asleep, but I woke up and I felt like I needed more sleep. But like, it was almost yeah. like taking like a Night Quill or something. It,
0: it does give me maybe it's something in our DNA or something. I don't like, know, but it was gross. Like,
1: like <laughs> I don't like, I,
0: I don't like, yeah, melatonin or CBT, it has me up like this. Like, I can't sleep at all but uh the only thing is THC for and I've got a and I don't want to take so my father died of uh, drug use cuz you know he he believed uh he partied till he believed AA was for quitters that was yeah, one yeah, of Yeah, that life. type of shit. Yeah, but he died but he was taking Xanax at the end so I refused to take any type of pills or anything like that. But so yeah. that's why I'm st- like kind of stuck but during the day I don't smoke a joint or whatever like I have an emergency for anxiety a joint always but I can resist stuff. And then when I for drinking for me, I can do one drink and I won't do any more and I'm fine. So I've always had discipline, but when I was way younger for some reason when my kids were young cuz now they're both adults, um that was crazy. Like the discipline I had at a young age yeah, was unreal, yeah, that's but, admirable. I ha- but I had a lot of responsibility at the same time. So I don't I, something about when you have kids, you do change like something Clips, yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? That
1: it's like instinctive almost, but that doesn't but not like, that, for all. not for know, that doesn't all, not for all, it doesn't happen for everyone, yeah. I heard a story recently. I was watching, you ever heard it? You heard of DJ Vlad, yes, yeah. He had a you know, I've always had mixed uh feelings about his interviews, I feel like it's a bit of exploitation about, but I do enjoy them, and I do watch them, yeah. I think he's gotten a little more responsible, um, with some of his content, but he had um, a guy. Who was talking about using drugs with his mother at the age of 13, like heroin? Like she would strap him up. Ooh. Yeah. Because he was so curious about it and he would mm-hmm. see her. So it's like, you know, the, the the lengths of what people will go through or do mm-hmm. during the influence, uh, under the influence, is pretty wild. Yeah. It's pretty wild. Yeah. And um, the war on drugs has failed, right? Like, you know, they incarcerate people. That shit doesn't work. You know, like, I don't know what it is, but. What we have done in in America has failed miserably. I'm not sure if we had to legalize drugs and then, you know, tax the shit out of it and have responsible people do it.
0: Somebody told me a long time ago, like 20 years ago, if they legalize weed, it would it would cure the deficit. But here we are today. Like, you know what I mean? Well, it's always going to be
1: like these outlaw underground people selling. And I'm not sure. I don't know enough about it. I have
0: a little conspiracy about fentanyl. I feel like they let that shit out on purpose and I feel like it's the U.S. government to eliminate the low life people. Like the people think about who really does drugs and what not like and I shouldn't say like low life because a lot of people have died. But I feel like they purposely have put that out to get rid of people like to do like a cleansing.
1: I don't know about that because they make a lot of money off of people that they jail for that stuff. You know, like that's, that's free labor in the jail system.
0: That's true. If you think yeah.
1: about it, right? Yeah. I mean, whole communities are built on the prison system. You know, you go to upstate and whole towns thrive off of one prison. Yeah. And then the work that a lifer does in jail... You know, they do work. They make you know, you hear the cliche make it a license plate or whatever or like
0: hand sanitizer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they so did all that. that <laughs> that's free
1: labor. It's it is in a sense modern day slavery. That's dismissed because they're like, Oh, right. they're criminals, they want to work anyway. Like it's dismissed in that in yeah. those regards. But it is a, a system that keeps the wheels moving and it generates a lot of money. It's a multi, oh, yeah, know. yeah. That's so mother- I don't know if that would be, you know, I don't know why a drug dealer would want to cut it with fentanyl when that the you know you could that lose was, customers yeah, i don't quite that's understand a, it. that's the
0: weird thing but i just feel like they i don't know i feel like the u.s government did that and i was telling my mom because because look what they did with crack yeah you get what i was saying like but now i think that they did it to like get rid of somehow
1: yeah i mean that's
0: just my little yeah one I, conspiracy know, yeah, theory no,
1: who, that i have who knows i i do know that um there uh, there's some interesting people out there. There's a guy named Dr. Carl Hart, and he's, at a, he's a, uh, a recreational drug user. And this guy was talking about how, like how legalizing drugs will um, be the healthiest way out of it you know, because you know exactly what you're doing. It's mm-hmm. doing by consenting responsible adults. It seems pretty radical to, you know, to me, but whatever, what's going on right now doesn't work. You yeah, know? I I I think that you know you should have isolated areas where you, c- you know people could do drugs in certain areas. Not everyone's gonna do it, and you're not promoting drug use because people are doing drugs anyway. Right, right. You know right. they're doing it anyway. People say, oh, you're promoting. Drugs. No, you just have a, a a designated area where they can get ex- clean needles. They monitors to a certain degree rather than being spread all throughout the city. You know, like yeah,
0: yeah, and then people like passing out or yeah, dying yeah. or. That's true. Imagine the tax money they would get. Yeah,
1: I mean they tax the shit out of it. But you know, I mean, I'm sure there's gonna be pros and cons to that as well. But whatever the case is not whatever system they have in, in place now obviously does not work and hasn't worked for years. Yeah.
0: You know. Oh, things need to change. So back to comedy. You've been uh, seventeen years.
1: Yeah, long time.
0: Seventeen years.
1: Yeah. You've been doing a long time. And uh,
0: how has things changed now?
1: Well, social media is, like, the biggest thing within the last 10 years. I've seen that. Guys who I, you know, who I've uh, seen doing open mics
0: mm-hmm.
1: are superstars now. Like, it's really interesting how that, um, those floodgates, you know, open. Yeah, and the
0: TikTok when they...
1: TikTok, Instagram, uh, you know, COVID had a bigger explosion. And, um, I think it's really cool. I think it's, you know, oh, that's the, I, I've seen a lot of positive with that. And, uh... It's it's, it's, it's really—we're it's, 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 experiencing a comedy boom. Yeah. And that's really cool. The thing is with that, as with anything else, there's a lot of stuff that's, like, questionable and stuff like that. But um, when sought out, there's some really good stuff out there, and I think it's, you know—
0: Where's your favorite place to tour?
1: Well, wow, I uh, enjoy—it's funny. people want, There's a club in the Midwest called Comedy on State, it's a college town, and that crowd,
0: they where, where? comedy
1: on state in Wisconsin.
0: Okay, Wisconsin. But,
1: yeah, so wow. that's one. That's a comedy club that I love. Uh-huh. Philly is a great town. Mm-hmm. Philly is fun. And the thing is, you think about, wow, like the rivalry in sports and shit. The motherfuckers are there for comedy. They're not going up with their fully shirts. I'm not going up there with a, a Mets shirt. I'm not even mm-hmm. a big sports fan like that. But I remember when I first started performing there, I was like, this time I'll be weird. Mad love. So Philly. Is a dope comedy town. it's easy town. for
0: you to get to. For, yeah, yeah, it's quick.
1: Boston is dope. Um, I love Denver.
0: Oh, Denver.
1: Denver is dope. Um, yeah. I have mean, you been
0: through Austin yet or no?
1: Austin? Yeah, I've been, yeah. been
0: interviewing a lot of people from. It seems like everybody's going to Austin. Yeah,
1: I that wasn't. I don't like Texas.
0: Oh, you don't like Texas?
1: Yeah, I didn't have. I. For, for, let me just rewind real quick. <laughs> Texas is very vast. It's very yeah. big. When I went to Austin, I, p- I played at a place called... uh I forgot the name of it, but that's mm-hmm. where I think... uh I, they, they have a podcast there. It's it's close. It's right around the corner. It's in the area where uh, mm-hmm. Joe Rogan has his new club. It starts with a V, the Vulcan. Vulcan, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. performed there. I did a weekend there with my boy Chris Stefano, and it was fine, mm-hmm. but that area is not my shit. It's like... It's like Times Square to me, mm.
0: like that strip. Oh, it's a okay. bunch of young
1: drunk people. I don't give a shit I've about yet that. To
0: go, my daughter goes to college over there, yeah. and she refuses to. I go, come, let me go visit. She yeah. goes, you won't like it here.
1: <laughs> yeah, I wasn't crazy about it. Like, really? it was very forgetful. You know, it was very forgetful. Forget forgettable to me. Forgettable? Excuse me. Okay. Yeah,
0: but Wisconsin was the spot.
1: Yeah, as far as a comedy audience, but you gotta understand, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a mid aged man now, where mm-hmm. I don't th- that shit right there, that party scene. I I don't care about that. The audience was was fine, and, and the audiences were good. Mm-hmm. But Wisconsin, I that comedy club was dope. Um, Denver is dope. You know, I've had a, a pretty good time in the West Coast. San Francisco punchline dope. Mm-hmm. But I also you gotta also consider what I'm doing out there after the show. Mm-hmm. If I have a weekend at a comedy club, yeah. I like to explore the surrounding town. Right. And you really get the gist of it. The theater shows, you're there for one night. You're in and out.
0: Oh, so
1: you don't okay. really get to, you know.
0: So, so when I was just, in you Texas... Just, you go, like, practice real quick in the daytime, perform. And well, you just you go, do it, right? Yeah, I pract- yeah. you know,
1: I'm doing sets throughout the week. and then
0: mm-hmm.
1: So when I was in Texas, it was like... It was freaking hot, you know. Like you mm. know, the
0: yeah, shows
1: are fine. Yeah, but being out there in the summer was like whatever.
0: Oh, uh, okay. And I human, think it was the summer, but okay, human. I, I've, just, I've interviewed a couple of comics in Austin, and I've just noticed a lot of people are moving there. Yeah, and it, you know, people disappearing from here in New York or leaving LA, going over there, and so.
1: Yeah, I know a lot. uh, Yeah, there's a, you know, with Joe Rogan being out there, a lot of people want to, you know, uh, there's a a big comedy scene out there. Yeah, yeah. But there's nothing like New York to me. I have no desire to do anything. No, no desire. I'm good here. I'm a New Yorker. Right, right, right. New York is the mecca of it. It's always going to be the mecca of comedy. I don't give a fuck what happens anywhere else. What they're doing out there is dope. Yeah, and has yeah. You know,
0: uh, so I feel like it's another hub.
1: Yeah, yeah, but it's it, like New York is LA always got LA be... as a
0: hub. You've got now Austin as a hub, and then you got New York. Right. So you've got like another little hub, and stuff like that.
1: You know, it, 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 New York is always is always going to be the mecca because that diversity, the uh, and, and and just the seasons in it and this it, and it's just it's just the mecca of it of comedy. I don't think that's ever going to change.
0: Yeah. And you were always performing what, at the cellar and. Uh- yeah,
1: you know I worked the cellar, you know Gotham Comedy Club, um, New York Comedy Club, and then you know I toured the country with my boys Giannis Papas and Krista Stefano, and then I do my own thing here and there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's like, you know I kind of did it this shit on my terms. Once I like once once my daughter was born, mm-hmm. family was priority. And then comedy was something I did. And I did it passionately, but I did it on my own terms. No longer was I affected by the word no or gave a shit about if I worked this week or not uh, next week
0: because
1: mm-hmm. I have other passions. I have other things I'm into. Mm.
0: Yeah, no, that's why when I was researching you, I was like, I enjoy between the snakes.
1: Yeah, man, I enjoy running marathons. I enjoy my animals. I enjoy my family. I enjoy training people. So it's a full life. Yeah. The thing is with that, um, Maybe I'm not, you know, I'm not putting everything into comedy. And now I got to be comfortable with that decision. Right. If I'm not putting. But
0: sometimes, though, for normal, you know what I'm saying? To be, what's the word? Grounded. You've got to be, it's good to be like a family person. You be, have yeah. your value. For me, I
1: have my priorities. Right. And stand-up is definitely not number one. It's something I do. Mm-hmm. And I just find myself in a place doing quality shit, which is dope. Right. Like as far as shows and stuff. And it's dope. Yeah. You know, I did Radio City the, day, the, the, the week before Live. That's crazy. Oh, wow. Yeah, 6,000 people. My boy Chris. Listen, it's his accomplishment, mm-hmm. but it's dope to yeah. be a part of. So 6,000 people. My that's wife got to see me perform who I met at a comedy show.
0: Oh, that's right, because I researched that. What is up with you comics? Are, you're the second comic I have heard that the woman was on a date with somebody else. Oh really? The second cuz I when I was researching you that was something else interesting. But what kind of game do you have that she was on a date with somebody else and then you told well, her like <laughs>
1: Yeah, so she was just newly single mm-hmm. and she was th- thought the comedy club Laugh Lounge which is now no longer ex- in existence, it closed down some right. years ago was a great place to take a blind date because her brother was the DJ there. Mm. So it was a safe place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a place where, you know, I can see what the, my potential mate is interested in, humor wise
0: mm-hmm.
1: Um, My brother's here, and I enjoy comedy. Is, mm-hmm. I guess it's her idea. It was a small crowd, I remember. I was like two years, maybe like a year and a half in, Donnell Rawlings, Ashley Lowry. I'm rich, bitch! <laughs> used to, took a liking to me. He used to put me on every mm-hmm. Monday. And one day... I see this very pretty girl in the very front row. And she's a little dude. Mm-hmm. And I made her laugh a lot. She was very, into, you know. we were. So like, you
0: locked eyes when you saw her? Yeah. It? I mean, I
1: just thought she was very good looking, but I didn't have that intention. Okay. And then I met her a second time. And Where did third, you
0: meet her the second time? Like,
1: she used to come to the club a lot. Oh,
0: okay, because of the brother.
1: Yeah. Okay. And then one day, Donnell asked me to, uh, you know, go to his barbecue uptown when he lived uptown. Mm-hmm. And he had a dope crib. Their apartment, I think he had like a penthouse sort of thing, but it was way in, like in Harlem. And I said, I'll get there early. I'll help you set up. Mm-hmm. And you know, the think thing about Donnell is that he could cook his ass off. Like he made ribs and chicken and, mm-hmm. and he was very passionate about it. It's like, mm-hmm. I don't give a fuck what it is. Like I'm passionate about snakes. That's not everyone's thing. But someone's passionate about it. Yeah. Like you enjoy listening or watching it. So yeah. I enjoy watching him cook his shit. <laughs> so I was helping him the party lets in, we're having a good time, drinks are flowing, you know, you know, smoke and everything, and it's just a good vibe, the music is going. And she walks in, and then that's when we really connect.
0: You oh, know. Yeah. Cute.
1: And then two years later, we had a kid, and, you know, we're still together.
0: Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's so beautiful.
1: Yeah, it's really cool. It's really cool. Wow. And my mother uh-huh. also went to the Radio City show, and she hasn't seen me perform since the days where I had to bring people to do comedy. <laughs>
0: That's a big five people. Oh, when to do five you had minutes. to like beg them. Yeah, like five minutes. Oh, I've gotten text message from certain comics to like come. They called bringer shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Bring five people. You got five minutes of stage time. Mm-hmm. My mother hasn't seen me perform since those days.
0: What does she say for the difference? Because through the years, a lot of comic, it's like start upgrading. Yeah, yeah.
1: You know, I'll be honest with you. Mhm. I wanted more validation, and I was ashamed to admit that to myself. Like I wanted more. Like, mm-hmm. oh my god, I was amazing. And although I think she was impressed by it, I needed more. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I needed more.
0: No, and, I get you. I get you. Because sometimes you do stuff and you just want to be, I totally get where you're coming yeah, from. Yeah.
1: I, I, it took, a you know, I have to admit that to myself, I felt a little corny and embarrassed. And I even wanted the same thing for my wife. And, like, I think that feels for whatever, but it was Radio City, you know, six, and I wanted more. And I didn't get that. And, I don't know if that's that's a that's um that's uh in my head it could be my shit you know.
0: No, I've been there before because like um,
1: and my daughter also won, which is cool.
0: Oh My uh, daughter
1: saw me perform at the cellar. Mm-hmm. I was forced to take her there because her mother was running late, and she w- was.
0: Were you worried performing? In front I
1: was at the cellar, uh-huh. and I readjusted my material, and uh-huh. Jim Norton was on stage. <gasps> Yeah, and we just walk in the club. I'm closing out an 8.30 show at the Village Underground, and Jim Norton is on stage. He goes, hey, doc, me and my wife want to know why she can't pre- she can't get pregnant. We were trying for a month. He's like, well, it doesn't help that she has a dick because <laughs> he likes transgender, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And my daughter was like, you know, my daughter's like an old soul, and we had a good laugh. Mm-hmm. I went up, I had a good set, but I made sure to make any adjustments that talk about her mother or her. Mm. At Radio City, I had plan to do a bunch of stuff that's risque. And your daughter's Took how old? 11.
0: Oh, okay, you've got a couple of years till hell breaks loose. Yeah, that's what people Ugh. tell me. Well, so, no, you know what? I'll tell you, because I have two daughters and I had to do it alone. Their fathers were pieces of shits. Um If you're close enough to your daughter, you're gonna, you're not going to have a hard time. I am close to her. Yeah, so I think... I keep the communication
1: strong. Right. And w- even when But perform- the
0: hormones kick in. Yeah, yeah. And that's what the pain is. And now my daughter's 19 and now she's fully... I think when she hit 19, like I know when she 18, 19, she's now fully normal. The hormones are regular. But yeah, 12, 13 was a nightmare. But her father wasn't helpful. My younger one, she put me what, what
1: did you find most difficult? The
0: old the oldest one was easy. And I'm going to tell you why the oldest one was gay. And that was a blessing, like to have to have a gay daughter. Do- well, I was like, you gotta think I was real young when I had mine. So I was so happy she was gay because I didn't ha- wasn't gonna be in an a well anytime soon. But <laughs> the oldest one, um, I mean, the youngest one was held because her father was locked up, and so she thought things would have been better because if he would have been around. But when he came out, right when was, she's eighteen, and then she sees the way he is now, and. She, he kind of like you know he would be on the phone like promising the world and everything to and her and not come through and then he he didn't come through at all so now it's like finally she's given me the credit but I went through hell yeah like hell
1: well you had a lot on your plate you were raising yeah. two kids yeah you know? yeah
0: two ki- the oldest was very easy to raise um, and I, partly yeah because she was gay and I knew when she named the guinea pigs uh, Ellen and Porsche. <laughs> So i was like happy i was like good yeah, yeah, yeah. like yeah. she named him ellen and porsche i was out so when people start talking because i've had a couple friends say something and i'm like you know and it's
1: funny right it's something like that it sneaks in and catches you off guard right because they don't say it directly
0: yeah they'll right? say something like uh, a friend of mine her kid was in college and i said look you know they can eat at the because when when they go to college they you can pay for like a meal card and her friend my friend was sending her daughter like 500 a month to go eat out everywhere I go you're teaching her bad habits she goes but you know she goes out with boys that's so so what what, what is that you got to give her money like teach her ass some more make the guy pay like you' know that's a weird a thing co- to say that was a very weird uh well, I don't, I
1: don't I don't quite get it
0: I didn't get it either but you know what like
1: it's almost when someone says something racist and, like, it catches yeah, you off so guard. when
0: people say something homophobic, yeah, I'm like... Yeah, yeah, like,
1: homophobic, like, yeah, and they're like, well, hold it right there. And you got to check, people. Sometimes yeah. we want to let it slide. Yeah. And especially when it's, like, someone you know, right? Yeah. Because sometimes you can hear something and it's, like, third party or whatever. like it's Right. But when it's someone you know, it catches you off guard, you're like, okay, let's explore that a little more, you right. know, like... Yeah, so it's uncomfortable, but you gotta come. Conf- I, yeah, I, I you gotta confront But it the, the
0: little one put me through hell. But I think the important thing is like having the father around. I feel like it's very, very vital. And it's you know what I'm saying. And for us Latinas, we actually we really need the guy. It's good that you're around your daughter because. Um, I don't know if you know this fact. We are like the lowest paid on the gray. Latinos are like underpaid 52 cents per every dollar a white man makes. Wow. Latino men come in number two. And then at number one is there's like a fight between Asian men and white men right now at the top. Wow. So we're at the very bottom. You get what I'm saying? So that's why I like push education to both of my daughters. Yeah. You know, big time.
1: That was one of the the, um, main reasons why we want to. Go to Westchester County because the school district mm-hmm. is so good, and she's thriving. And you know, with her being at the tender age of ten, we were, I was a little worried about taking her out of the city, mm-hmm. and it, but it worked out. And she's no, that thriving. you made a
0: smart decision, right? Yeah, Matt. Yeah. Uh,
1: you know, and I got to my, give it to my wife. She's the one that pushed for that. I was like, why can't we wait? You know, but we didn't. And um, my daughter's doing well, and she's you know, it's one of the best schools in like in the country. They say like, it, well, definitely in New York, mm-hmm. but it's like way high up there, but not pretentious, you know it's not mm-hmm. it's not a private school like smooth it's diverse, mm. um, and the teachers don't give a fuck they they're compensated well, you know teachers in the city are overworked, underpaid,
0: oh yeah, and yeah. you
1: feel bad for them, they're like yeah. you know you know it's like, oh they you have a tough job,
0: yeah, and then having a little bit of diversity is important too cause, yeah. uh it's good to be like around a mixture of people, yeah for sure, because yeah. that's
1: you know. What the, the way it should be. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that, that's, that's good. And, you know, communication with my daughter, I talk to her about anything. Now, grab that. Gra- I'm not going to be brash, you know, with certain things, but I make it known that you can talk to me about anything. And if I'm not the one that you want to talk to, you, you have your mother to talk to as well. Mm-hmm. But any form of entertainment, understand it is entertainment and it's the amplified version mm-hmm. of an, an emotion. So don't, don't, Take that with a grain of salt. You can enjoy it. Music could be like the soundtrack of your life. You understand, if someone's weeping about their ex, it doesn't define how you should react to every ex. It's just the emotion that that was brought out in the amplified version. If a comic is talking about abortion, it doesn't mean, you know, death and despair. It's like it's an amplified version of that emotion. So whatever I'm talking about, if (laughs) something seeps through, I want to know it's not personal, it's a cartoon amplified version right and that's entertainment so
0: when you did the when you performed at the Radio City Hall um, you were talking about your daughter and your wife
1: Oh yeah <laughs> and I was a little apprehensive about doing so, but it's what I wanted to do so I sat them both down I said and I said just that. I said, you know when I speak about certain things, I want you to know that it's an amplified big you know ridiculous uh, exaggeration, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's a joke. It's the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the element of surprise is the now joke. No, when they,
0: when they saw it afterwards, was there any like passive aggressive behavior? Not at all. No, they they were accepting.
1: Yeah, it was not at all. It was like very positive and cool. Yeah.
0: Well, that's good.
1: But then uh, you know the insecure artist in me, artist in <laughs> me, thinks there's something creeping. They're like oh, a little bit like I don't know, but I can't turn their minds inside out and get that. You know. Yeah. But so. Reinsurance on my part, with everyday love and communication, mm-hmm. I think,
0: and the fact that you're there too.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. and presence. Yes, overshadows any insecurity you know that yeah. might happen.
0: And they know it's a job. Right. That's the good part.
1: Exactly. So with that being said, but you know, I, I always because I want to consider people's feelings. I don't want to be like you know just brush off. Like oh, this is my art. You know, like I right, want right, to. Right, I consider right. people's feelings. Yeah,
0: because like, I've been around some comics where like. Like, I've done a podcast one time. I couldn't even talk. Like, yeah. it was, like, the whole time, like, I'm like like I'm why do I even need to be here? <laughs> like, is this your... Very
1: self-absorbed. Yeah.
0: that's that's... I've, I've come across and um kind of the way I've... I've even rejected people that were big names just because I didn't like that egotistic, like, uh, personality. Like, yeah. yeah, I'll get the views or I'll get the downloads or whatever, but I'm like, how... It's... I don't know. I just... I'm not superficial yeah. like, uh, you get what I'm saying like, yeah and no, I get it
1: yeah I get it uh yeah I mean you but kind
0: of with this podcast though you know what like the reason I started like going to more Latinos and all then having them on is they're the only person that answered me back that want to come on oh really yeah because I'll hit because p- you know how like now some people reject diversity and they're like I don't know why people that sell usually the Caucasian uh, yeah. comics but I'm like yeah anybody could come on my show whoever they want but they you know it's who's answering the dm when i send it out usually on ig you know like that so yeah. i've noticed that with this show with me it's, it went into this niche because who i was like hitting up who was coming on is mostly i was getting feedback more from latinos so i was like let me keep on doing this yeah you know what i'm saying
1: yeah i mean um yeah you never know i uh, i mean you know what I what I find is like whatever wh- whatever uh, uh, resistance or things that don't go your way, and I don't mean like you know uh, invitation unanswered. Yeah. Move on. Wipe yeah, it. yeah, yeah. That's like, how I am. Yeah. yeah. That's well, no, I, I ask. Have.
0: My thing is with this show, like I ask twice. I'm not gonna chase nobody yeah, down yeah, yeah. after the second time. It feels I- so much better to live
1: life like that, and yeah. Not, not have any hangups about it. But like, right, okay, then, right. That didn't if, work out. so Move on. Yeah, exactly. And, then, and think of what I, what I figured out, what I've learned about life is like, that's just the way it is, and other opportunities are always going to be there. Yeah, you know.
0: Yeah, that's why I just asked twice. Keep on moving, but and then have to be on like good. Sp- and I've learned now, so don't compare yourself to others.
1: Man, I didn't come up with this uh, this quote. But it's super, it, 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 it resonates with me so well, and I it's super positive. It's comparison is the thief of joy.
0: Comparison is the thief. Oh, yes, yeah. I don't know where I heard it. Comparison and props the person. Is, is it's not my
1: quote. I want to make, you know, I want to quote that. It's not right. my quote. I'm quoting. It's not my quote. But comparison it's- is the thief of joy. I'm like, it is. And you know what? inevitably we're all guilty of that to a certain degree, but oh, how much yeah. of that we allow in. Yeah. And, you know, I don't allow a lot of that in. And that takes years of training, and it's like internal, like, peace. And there's a, there's, there's oh, rituals that's rituals that so i Oh, that's so
0: true, because everybody has their own journey.
1: Yeah, yeah, but also, like, you know, my, my internal peace is, like, the most important where, you know, ex, you know, emptying out the junk from my head, right? Anxiety is uh-huh. worried about the past or the future being present. Enjoying the colors of this room, you know, the exchange I'm having with you uh, and just being present rather than me going. You know, you're talking. I'm like, you know,
0: or think about the past or future. Right.
1: Because that inspires anxiety or. Yeah, you're
0: right. Because sometimes I quit. There was a time period where um, I just quit like not networking, but like I sort of just said, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to follow my passion, do what I want to do. Like, with both of my podcasts, like, I like comedy. This is how I'm going to do it. And, and then my other podcast, I'm going to do it this way. And that's it. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not going to worry about, I'm going to worry about my niche me booking, that's it. I don't care. I remember one time somebody left me a comic. Why do you have so many open micers on your... Because I, I'll, I, sometimes I'll have different comics on. And it's yeah, like... And it's
1: also like you're new at this. You just you, you, you started, right, if I'm not mistaken. Over a year ago, yeah. Right, right. Yeah. So it's relatively new. Exactly. Yeah. It's a new podcast, new comic. Like, you know... Uh, that's just the, the way it flows. Right, and right. It's not, it's not a, a definition yeah. of your work or whatever. And so fucking why? That's an, an obnoxious thing to ask. Yeah. Right? Why do, why do you have somebody up, open so minds? Somebody
0: is- said it about one particular comic, and yeah. I forgot, like, and I, it was so, like... It was probably like my fifth or sixth show, and I I had like some good people on. Yeah. Like, what the hell is right. now? These I was like, you go do your podcast with two hundred yeah, yeah. followers. You go try doing it, see what happens. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't. It's a yeah, yeah. And you anything in life that you do, this is a thing I've realized too. You have to be consistent. Consistency is key. So looking at your own journey and keep on going and just keep on being consistent.
1: Right. That's yeah. absolutely right. Yeah. Consistency is key. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and a lot of times you'll find that you might end up in a place where you didn't even imagine, but it's a good place.
0: Yeah, you that's know? true.
1: You know, you meet different people and different opportunities arise. And just being light and playful with it all, not taking yourself or any of it too seriously. That's mm-hmm. uh, so a mantra I would like to always follow, but I always revisit it, you know, because mm-hmm. we don't. You know, we're, we're, we're prone you to all sort of Now I
0: have to give you this compliment. You have to be one of the most rounded comics I have interviewed. Oh, I so appreciate far. that. Thank you. Yeah. I'll say male because I've interviewed some female. Added, all the male, you win my most rounded comic. I appreciate it. Well-rounded, yes. Well,
1: like, listen, they, they, and I like sharing these things because this is where I'm at in my life. Like, there's a daily rituals that make me feel... The objective is to find... Peace. And maybe that's not the funniest thing, but we had some good last year, but that shit isn't important to me. I think in this day and age, shit, man, we're all kind of searching for that. It Mm -hmm. might be peace through our work. And all of it, it's gonna be hard. Things we want to do require sacrifice and and you know and work and everything. But I think you should not be robbed of your peace. And yeah, how do we achieve that? You know, and I'm dabbling in meditation. You know, journaling, stretching, becoming one well with my body. I've always oh, worked I've out. Oh, I've been
0: journaling, too. And it—that you know what I did for a while? And I needed to keep on doing this. I was doing um, gratuity. And I told a friend I did this. And I, more stuff was coming to me. In fact, I'm going to write tonight when I get home. Now that I'm talking about to you. I started writing what I'm grateful. And I would have a bad day. And I would write, I'm glad I have hair on my head. I'm glad I have my teeth. Like, I, I had a fine... Like, even my worst day, what am I happy about? When you start doing that, like, more things open up. Well, yeah, well, it's like, you know, it's
1: more things open up. But it's, it's also, like, you appreciate the things that are accessible and you have control over. You know, like, we, yes. we, we put ourselves in this position where mentally we're like, we want this, that, and third. Like, you know, we, we become other people's thoughts. That's why I think, like, the social media thing could be a very positive and powerful tool. But you have a the one thing i try to instill in my everyday ritual is not opening social media the first thing in the morning because that's when you're most impressionable mm-hmm. you get some creative shit done that's dope yeah. you know you go off for a walk you get the sun wor- mm-hmm. you know you know make your coffee just to size of maybe a, read a little bit of of a good book but what i'm saying is you're very impressionable right when you wake up why would i allow my day to start with the stutter step of a snooze button, dun, 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 five more minutes, dun, 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 five more minutes, and now the, the remainder of my day is like kind of like a stutter step, like, I don't really want to commit to this. Mm-hmm. I just get the fuck up. Right. I put my alarm clock in another room. Two, I don't look at social media. Why would I want to become someone else's thoughts?
0: Mm. You become someone God, else's but thought. my career's in social media.
1: I definitely don't do that. Yeah. Like, I give it an allotted right. time during my day. Yeah. And I have no... Well, I've
0: been scheduling... You know what? I've been scheduling some of my posts the night before that's helpful.
1: Yeah, but to and go... Like, to wake up and... Because like, especially with everything that's going on in the world, you're getting... First of all, it's like a, a hit of dopamine if someone's like... You get something positive. And you wake
0: up to negative... Con- no, but yeah, it's, yeah, ne- you're
1: it's negative things like... You know, with the, with the tragedy that's going on around oh, the world. Oh, yeah, yeah, getting yeah. You're getting... Like, that's injecting you little by little. So now you're getting, like, you know, this passionate rhetoric about this, that, and the third. And it becomes your ideology throughout the day, subconsciously. So you walk maybe, you know, what could be a nice walk down the street, and now you're a little more defensive and tight without realizing it, and an accumulation that could break you down. And you don't realize why you feel so tight and stressed. Mm -hmm. So I I try to remove that shit, you know, because it's not life. Oh, I'm going to
0: start now... Scheduling the night before and then oh go yeah at your a morning yeah, yeah. I
1: think I think it, it, your morning should be your morning. It's right. like you know we're already busy or whatever. I, I like to wake up an hour and a half early and this is just me. Uh-huh. But if I could lend this advice and there's a ritual. It's like my and it could be different for everyone. But this a few things for you Whereas the morning stretch, writing, you know meditation on a, you know when I have the time. Yeah, and then like all the junk is free and I go in. And everything is just a little more like uh, engaging, and I like my conversation throughout the morning a little more meaningful, right. rather than like you know rushing through it. Right, right.
0: God.
1: And day by day, it's like a, a, you're like
0: this? a life. Co- <laughs> I see why now they're taking you on <laughs> tour. You're like I a just life.
1: feel like the day to day interactions are a little more meaningful, and that's life. We think right. it's we think it's a a prize at the end of everything. That bullshit. Those things are nice, but those prizes like the work getting that shit is actually where it's at. Yeah. And that's a little corny to say, but it's like the journey to it. It's like when I was training to compete and fight,
0: that
1: mm-hmm. was fucking scared to death. I would think of myself getting knocked out. I had all these things, but that hard work I put in—that was what mattered. And mm. and the prize was good, but like I realized what it, it included. It required a little bit of sacrifice, and I use that as an analogy. Is what mm-hmm. I'm saying. The end result was so quick, yeah. it came and went. But the daily ritual and yeah. the work Put into place. Oh, I'm gonna start now.
0: Now you got me motivated. When I wake (laughs) up, I'm gonna have it all. Have all my posts scheduled the night before, and I find for me
1: it's nice to have that. You know, it could be the daily goals, and it's like easy. you Don't have to be fucking. You know, but in accumulation, it's like oh shit, feels good. Yeah, every day feels fruitful. I'll put it to but also, do-nir. you're
0: living in Westchester, so you got a nice, beautiful walk well, with your dog in the yeah, morning. Yeah, but I
1: live in the city too. Like oh, I do, okay. I do both.
0: You do both because
1: I'm in a transition right now. Okay, that was, you know, I'm in a transition. Like I, um, my family, we got it was a fixer up, but we got up to the house, mm-hmm. and then everything happened very quick, and that was very trying on the relationship because it's a, you know, I had to all my work is down here. I'm on tour and everything, mm-hmm. so I, you know, now I'm in a transition.
0: Mm, I got you. I got but you. But
1: I try to make light of every situation as is, right? It's like, this is a positive. Yeah. You know? Very, very positive.
0: Well, thank you so much for coming on thank you. my show. Can you let my audience know where they could find you?
1: Yeah. SergioChicone.com is the website. And on there, you'll find YouTube on the SergioChicone.com. Instagram under Sergio Jacone. It's very easy. I'm not hard to find. And all over the country, I tour with my boy Chris DeStefano, and my boy Giannis Pappas. They're great comics. They're very different comics. A lot of the times I do the, uh, the, the featuring, which is the opening act. And I'm in the city all the time. The cellar, Gotham Comedy Club, and all that good stuff.
0: Yes. My name is Marcella Alonso. You can follow me on IG at Marcella Sobella, YouTube, Marcella Sobella, Facebook, Marcella Sobella. If you want to see this episode, go to marcellasobella.com and you can join my Patreon for this full episode for the visual. Audio too is on that link at marcellasobella.com. Peace. Covered. I seriously can't tell you how much Fiverr.com has helped me along with this podcast. Um, I've used them so much for this podcast. It's been unreal. They make my flyers, they go ahead and um, I hired this guy to help me upload